Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Monday, November 23rd. Russ, Tyler, how you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Uh, it's a Monday. Awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm doing good. All of my peers at work are off this week, so it's just me kind of holding down the fort. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I think I'm going to get a lot done, though, so I'm excited. I believe in you. Uh, I have a fun fact for today. Um, 80 years from today, from there today? will have like yeah from future? today there will have been a TBP uh, episode on this day. So that's <laughs> going to be that's going to be our fun fact for the day. Uh, since since we didn't have anything cool, but I did want to nice. start with uh, something <laughs> space related, since we are at least half a space related show. I do feel that way. Yeah. So Solar yeah. One, have either of you heard of this thing? Yes, it's been a long yeah. time that I've seen anything from or about them. But the the proposal for the first uh, crewed interstellar spacecraft. It's possible ah. we've mentioned it before. There's an it, it's it's just an abstract that they pulled as I guess they're either you know coming to the point of finalizing this proposal is what's happened. So it's it's interesting here that it says in this paper it has presented the concept and design of a new type of spacecraft that could be used to make the first manned interstellar travel. So the, the way that they're, it, it doesn't go into great detail, but some of the technologies they're using is it says Solar One would integrate three near-term technologies, namely compact nuclear fusion reactors, which is interesting to me as my wife and I watched Chernobyl for the first time recently, uh, extremely large light sails, and high energy laser arrays. And and when I read the term high energy laser arrays, I think to myself, Tyler Gates. And uh, and I saw that. <laughs> and I thought it would be be an interesting thing to go through. There, there's more details as it goes into here. Like Solar One could reach uh, an average of 22 percent of the speed of light, which is just That's a really awesome. cool statistic. How yeah. fast is 22 percent? the speed of light it seems well, fast to me isn't the speed of light i i always remember this it's a rounded number but three yeah. times 10 to the eight is it's, it's is the nearly eight. 300 million meters per second right so three three meters times 10 to the second. eight is how i what remember it and then yeah meet well then it's, it's a physics number so it's useful and it's usually in uh the nice base 10 not standard units the united states uses but uh yeah so three times 10 to the eighth 20 percent of that <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds fast to me so uh, i just thought it was cool that uh i the one thing i think is cool and i think we've talked about this too is that we're seeing more stuff happening and in interest in space just in general and i feel like that had died off as unnecessary you know many years ago and it's just i feel like every week we have a new article on something going on, either something actually happening in space or being planned to happen in space. And I think that's awesome. All right. I got you here. 20% of the speed of light translated to miles per hour is going to be a little over 134 million miles per hour. So it it's actually 22%. So that extra 2% sounds like it could be somewhat significant based on the number. <laughs> it's it's all, all relative. 2% compared to the speed of light. Meh. 2% yeah. compared to you and your car on the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah what, what's interesting deal. is that it <laughs> says it's, plaid at that point. It's, it's an average of 22%. Hmm. So, so their peaks could be higher. Sure. Uh, That's interesting. It, it seems, uh, How does that even incredible. 
uh, uh, that, I, that I can't tell you. Actually, I wonder how they calculate that. The, the reason I ask is that it's when you're hurling through the void of space, you're, you've got nothing acting against you. For all intents and purposes, mathematically, it's just completely empty. There is no like a gravitational force from something significant that's going to slow you down. So you are, you are constantly accelerating, which means that the average speed includes all of the slowness you had at the beginning. It's kind of yeah. like driving your car, right? Your stops drag down the average speed of your entire journey. But that makes me think that the peak speed, it's not so much that it's a like peak and trough sort of thing, but that the peak speed is probably like 23 or 24% of the speed of light. And it's just, it takes so long to get up there that yeah. the tail drags it down to 22%. So that's actually kind of neat. Yeah, it says it's a mile-long light sail that they use to achieve or would be using to achieve this type of speed. And here's what's cool. With this speed, arriving to the closest potentially habitable uh, exoplanet is less than 19 (laughs) years away. So uh, that's that's interesting that 19 years running at 200 kajillion billion miles per hour. I think that's what you use. Billion, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so it. I guess I mean they're sending it to the Alpha Centauri system, I guess. What is that what? the closest? I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Is no, it, no, no. Is I, I didn't know. Well, I guess that. Well, there's what, three stars in the in the closest like cluster, right? They're like four point two five, four point three five light years away, right? Is that worth Alpha Centauri A, Alpha Centauri B, which form the, there's a a pair, and then there's Proxima Centauri. That makes sense. Right. If it's uh, what'd you say four three or four light years away. And if you're going yeah. 22% of the speed of light, that, I could see yeah. 19 years being the right number there. What's interesting in that calculation too, is um, as you approach the speed of light, time slows exponentially yeah, as well. Sure. Right. So the fast, the closer you can get to that, the slower time moves for you relative to where you left. Yeah. Right. And that's the relative the, to where the you left. Classic example of that is uh, it's actually something you can look up. You can do the math if you want, but it's the twin paradox. So if you had uh, twins born on Earth, since it's a, it, a good starting point for most humans, um, sure. <laughs> if, if you had one twin take off and take a journey at close to the speed of light and then return also close to the speed of light for the average speed, then uh, you can actually calculate their physical age difference, and it would be noticeable um, years, yeah. depending on how long the the trip was, right? So um, it's uh, it's actually it's really it's a really neat mathematical well truth. Really, we uh, you can validate a lot of um, relativistic time stuff. Uh, I actually did a lab, and I could not repeat the math without studying for a very long time these days. But um, muons which is a, a common particle that's bombarding the Earth's atmosphere all the time, right? They have, a, as most subatomic particles have, a, a certain amount of decay, a half-life, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you can actually uh, prove experimentally the uh, sort of relativistic nature of things moving like that by basically calculating how many more muons you see at different heights in like altitudes on earth so you can actually determine that something that the amount you see at the top of the highest mountain for instance compared to what you see at sea level is only explainable if the 
way that the particle is experiencing time is different because of how fast it's moving. It's really cool. Huh. Yeah, uh, I might want to point out that you killed relativistic there. I mean, that was a that was a tongue twister, and you nailed it. Um, <laughs> so, well, I'll close it with this on this article because I know we're kind of beating it to death. But there are key challenges that they're still working on. Um, one of which is is reducing the weight of continuous wave lasers uh, and compact fusion reactors, as well as achieving cryo sleep, which, which I've always thought was pretty cool, um, and then artificial gravity. So those are all things that they are working to try and establish and, and fix and challenge before sending someone on a, on a near 20-year journey one way. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. nuts. The artificial just imagine gravity working one. on this paper. Just crazy. To yeah, me. right. So, let me let me touch on that uh, the time dilation thing again too because it, it gets I mean I already said it gets exponential as you get closer but it's really to see the effects you've got to get over probably 85 90 percent oh yeah you got to go super fast it's yes, only useful exactly. in math right technically like, yes th there's fast. all kinds of things that go wrong for well biological life and objects right because your your mass is also increasing exponentially at that point which is kind right. of a problem for lots of things um namely uh because of how that works like you if you're moving that fast um really in anything as anything uh, if you get anything close to like an atmosphere right you're you're going to burn up uh, among that's why you have to make all problems. the the you know, exact coordinates and everything that they had to figure out for Star Wars in order to do that filming. Yeah. So it's, this is all stuff that's already <laughs> been figured out uh, right. since like uh, 1977. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know why, but the way you said that reminded me of the one thing that I hate the most from the latest Star Wars oh. films. Um, that's a strong statement. Maybe it's not the most, but it was the one that that almost broke uh, me and like. What's the suspension of disbelief? That's that's not even the right way to look at it because it wasn't I know, like I know it wasn't any more or less believable. It was just why now? It, you remember the scene <laughs> where uh, I, 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 I don't what remember the character's about? name, but she's in the ship and she decides to you know go warp speed right into all of the oncoming massive number of uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm forgetting herself. all of the canon names of all that. But, yeah, but she sacrifices herself by basically turning the ship into this crazy mega weapon, right? And and all I could think was, what took so long? You got oh, you got I can all kinds of technology. Why don't you just make big, heavy, empty ships with a hyperdrive engine, leave them in space, and tear stuff to pieces? <laughs> that was seems that, like a uh... way more efficient weapon. Than like I don't know a lightsaber. That was the last Jedi. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was, and and I can validate this thought because I saw this movie with Gosh. Tyler. And I got right mad right after there. the movie. Right after the movie, <laughs> he said that he's like, "Why didn't they just do this the whole time?" It was it, seems, it was his immediate thought. <laughs> it seems like a fairy. Fairly powerful because I've how many times in the series and some somebody knows the answer to this off the top of their head I'm sure, but were the rebels in a situation where they were grossly outnumbered in space, and there were just super mega awesome ships warping in from whatever you know at a gajillion yeah. at a time. It's like one it of them could have just, just hit everybody. the button. You could have had one ship that was just waiting there, empty, with an AI ready to launch it to the <laughs> moon, quote unquote, full send, and just tear everything in half right like come on yeah i don't know i really liked the end of that one that was the one that was the one where um at the end they're in the it's kind of like the desert sand and uh 
I can't remember who was running on the ground there and he's getting shot at. And then as the sand gets Mark hit, it Hamill. turns red. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't remember who that guy was that was getting hit with the sand. I can't remember who was on the ground. I don't know. But you're so, right. So as you're much right. of a, a Star Wars right. fan as I am, uh, it's it's amazing how little I was able to actually regurgitate just now, right? Like, I couldn't remember the name of ships or any of it. All I could see is ships getting ripped in half by that one rebel commander that... I, anyways, I'm, I'm just... Okay. Well, we, we should have my brother on to talk about this because my brother and I are both big Star Wars nerds. And I will tell you that we have had this discussion and, and other Star Wars nerds that exist out there have also had this discussion. And I can basically tell you the argument for why they haven't done it yet, Tyler. Oh, and God. they even retconned this a little bit. And I think the next film where they said that she basically hit a one in a million shot, basically stating that you could not do this consistently enough to make it usable. So. It was if a lucky you can shot. Warp basically within what they like said. twenty miles of a moon or a planet, then I, nope, not giving <laughs> it to you. They, you could do the math. Just aim the thing. Not with her, right? Like you don't, you don't take a joystick and fly a spaceship into another spaceship. I think that'd be really hard. But uh, cool lasers, math. I, I just, I don't. I zero points awarded. Nice try though. <laughs> <laughs> all right what else we got that was the first time i'd heard retcon retroactive continuity yeah dude they retconned yeah. all sorts of stuff across those movies the last three, well i know sure. that but i didn't know it had a name oh it has a name that's yeah. cool it's a big that's deal cool. i like yeah. that people are doing it i'm sure i just got somebody all fired up a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events typically used to facilitate a dramatic plot shift or account for an inconsistency, retcon. Boom. Ooh. I think we retcon hey, our so own show every now and then. I, we definitely retcon we our do. own show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I didn't catch this too. When you were talking about Solar One, it's actually a proposal. I just assumed I was going to make a joke about it, but it's a proposal for the first crude interstellar spacecraft. Did yeah. you say that? Because I was assuming it wasn't crude. Uh, yes. Again, it would be crude being like C-R-E-W-E-D. Yeah, no, yeah. human beings. That's why they need the cryo sleep and the artificial gravity right. and and all that stuff. Cryo sleep seems like the furthest in my mind technologically. I, I just I don't. Maybe it's just because it's not something that I follow closely is research into stuff like that. But I I know of nothing that even resembles like safe cryo sleep. But yeah, I think it's called carbonite, carbon freezing. Oh yeah. They did that in Star Wars. Yeah. Too. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, no, I, but seriously, like in the list already. of things, in the list of things that uh, Russ was describing, I think cryosleep, again, to me, feels like the furthest off. It's like smaller nuclear reactors, uh, fusion aside, but I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that too. Um, Everything else seems technically feasible and within grasp in the next few decades, possibly our lifetime, right? But cryosleep, like, who's working on that? And are they close? Like, do we do this with mice already? Russia. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you got to start with mice. Can we freeze mice and bring them back? That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on here. What else we got? What else we got? We had 10 minutes left in this show. And our listeners are rolling their eyes. Uh, the Apple TV remote is apparently awful, and they looked to cable companies to fix it, which is a statement I never thought I would say that a cable uh, company would beat Apple in design purposes. So that was, that was an interesting one. Why don't they just copy Amazon? Because 
the Fire TV remotes are so simple and so elegant. And the Gen the 2 ones actually added everything they needed, which was volume and power. And that's it. I seriously, like, those things are great. Voice control, simple little circular interface, a selector, up, down, left, right, and then volume, mute. It's They're solid. It's funny you say that. I think that's actually what the cable companies did. I'm looking at the remote right (laughs) now. They just copied it. It very closely (laughs) resembles a Fire TV remote. Oh, Uh, So, Tyler, I think maybe you nailed this one because according to this article, that's a better way to do it. Yeah, they should have done it. Jeez, I I could have got them there fast. I'll bet um, I charged less than Comcast, too. There you go. Not much less, though. The Universal Electronics Apple TV remote has a proper directional pad instead of a touchpad, along with dedicated buttons for pause, fast forward, and rewind. It looks a lot heftier than Apple's remote, so it has less chance of getting lost inside of the couch. That's hilarious. (laughs) Dude, yeah, we've we've all done that. We've all done that. It's Uh, funny. I actually have a Fire TV remote sitting right in front of me, and I'm like trying to pull it out of my head just what's on it, but it's right here, and it is so simple. (laughs) And and I could have just looked at it. I actually forgot about the menu button because I never use it. I use Home. I use Play, Pause. I don't use the Rewind or Fast Forward buttons very much. I use Back all the time. And then, of course, the directional and the selector. Russ, you talked about using the voice control and stuff like that. Yeah, but... No, it's a stupid, simple remote that killed it. There was a Kickstarter campaign early days after the Fire TV, the first one was released, because the first one didn't have the the power, volume, mute, stuff like that. Um, And uh, it was called SideClick. And even that, which almost doubles the size of the remote, was my favorite remote. And the SideClick just added like the home or home automations, a bit of a stretch, I think, but uh, the universal remote capabilities. So you could have your power, your volume, your mute, that sort of stuff. And then a couple of programmable buttons and it was great. And then Amazon basically took that feedback, integrated it into the remote and probably killed their business, which is sad, but not surprising. Okay, I'm gonna throw another one out here. Um, Snapchat, which I've never used. I don't know if either of you guys have, I imagine you haven't, nope. but uh, they're kind of, this this was a little bit crazy in my mind, but they're paying out $1 million per day through the end of 2020. So close to $40 million. There's only like mm. 38 days left, I think. Uh, being paid out to top content creators. They just wow. created a new section of Snapchat called Spotlight. It's just basically a copy of TikTok, similar to what Instagram did with Reels. And two things stick out in my mind. Like, I mean, is Snapchat okay, first of all, or are they going under? And this is kind of a last ditch effort. But dang, it's like $38 million to content creators. Snap. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm going to start using it. Snap's at least right, right? 38 days. <laughs> right. Let's see. Yeah. Does, look uh, does PBP have a Snapchat account? <laughs> no, we don't. But we're about to start creating some content. <laughs> Get us some of that. Right. So they, they, the contest basically just said, you know, it, it has nothing to do with your, your um, subscriber, follower account or whatever. I don't know what they call it on Snapchat. Um, how many people... Uh, follow you basically but sure it just said you know how how viral is the uh, is the content and we'll take the million dollars every single day and divide it up amongst the uh the top creators which is wild. Absolutely wild well so so snapchat's public right snap is the ticker if i'm not mistaken yeah. um what like i haven't looked at their numbers ever or lately um what what are their what are their published revenues right like how big is 38 million is it a lot for them is this a like a desperate plea for 
please keep using us, keep us relevant? Or is it uh, like a drop in the bucket for them to actually push that out mm. to creators? What? Their market cap is $68 billion? <laughs> See? It's <laughs> like, so, so we had to replace a couple of dryers at HQ, and we found $38 million and change in the, the lint trap. Uh, yeah, so let's just give it out for the rest of the year. <laughs> but if you look at these, if you, if you look at the, like, the overvalued ranking, it's like off the charts. I don't buy this. <laughs> well, there is a there's a sort of a conjoining story here that is on Business Insider that says social media innovation is dead. Now it's a it's an opinion piece, but I think it sort of relates somewhat to what we're talking about here. And it's talking about the I think we talked about Twitter's fleets, um, which I feel like is a terrible name, um, but I think it's uh, accurate. I, it is accurate. I still think it's terrible. It just sounds weird. I don't know. It's also hilarious that in Hebrew it means fart. <laughs> That makes it so much better. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. I'd be curious your thoughts on it. And you're right, Aaron. I think if if you're not using a social media app, then I I very seriously doubt that myself or Tyler are using it. Um, And so like really curious about the, your thoughts on, I mean, I really haven't seen anything other than, uh, I guess TikTok has been really the the most recent social media craze, but is, is that not to some degree what, some of these are trying to integrate features into. I guess the point yeah. here is well, we're seeing them copy each other. And that hasn't oh, yeah, that hasn't sure. been happening as much previously. And that's the point of the article. For sure. But it makes me think like just adding the feature, right, isn't enough. They have to pay a million dollars a day to start getting people back to their platform, right? So in my mind, I'm hearing a mass exodus from their, uh, yeah, $68 billion, $68.9 <laughs> yeah. billion dollar market cap. Uh, product is this is this feature is it specific to using the feature that's like something like tiktok is that the idea that they're doing here or is it just using the platform in its normal state no 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 well the contest is is that what you're asking about yeah yeah Yeah, there's a new so there's a new section right so again i've never been on snapchat but um in all of these um social media applications there are various sections right Uh, like Mm -hmm. with instagram you have normal instagram and then you have reels um, TikTok is just basically just reels, um, which is weird to say it that way because Instagram copied that. So <laughs> all, all I'm saying is Snapchat is creating this new section and then paying people to be there. Yeah, I have a feeling and that so, it's it's maybe not them losing their users as much as it is them trying to get a springboard onto this yeah. copied. You know, TikTok does this one thing at least that I know of sure. today, and there and other people are trying to get you to do that same thing on their platform. And so they're just trying to get their users either to one, maybe stop from leaving or two, yeah. get a couple of people who have never used uh, Snapchat to say, well, maybe you could come try that and our other features as well yeah. using this contest here. If you're is only using TikTok today. Is that why you know. weren't using Snapchat, Russ? Yeah, I was waiting for them to create some form of contest where they, you know, I could potentially win a million bucks, and I knew it was likely going to happen, so that's why I was holding off. What's interesting in my mind too is like, you, you know, you see some of this stuff, but you also realize too the the nature of humans, um, and especially younger humans that tend to use these kinds of platforms, that being in this game is not going to last forever, right? That platform right. will not, you know. It's it's going to shift to a different user base. You're you're going to constantly have to change how you uh, how you quote go to market. Um, so I think they're trying to reach out to a user base that is leaving them, for sure. But that yeah. and my only other thought too was uh, I guess we can expect Twitter to get this feature in about five to six years since we just got stories. 
<laughs> and this is also a call out for Twitter to actually pay attention to their user base because we're Boom. asking for all kinds of fun things that we would love to have. But instead, to your earlier point about uh, you know social media innovation, I don't know what's happening over at Twitter. Are they are they innovating at all, or are they just they're I don't know. busy How with the uh, like dealing with the Supreme Court? That's they're, they're struggling yeah. right now. It's ridiculous, man. I actually don't it know really how many feels people work like at Twitter. A, is it a large it feels, company? It feels like an afterthought kind of uh, kind of a platform. Ouch! In my mind, that hurts. Twitter and I'm being critical, but that's that's my main. I mean, that's my main social media. I was gonna say yeah. you're you're critical out of love. That's my right? only social yeah. media. Yeah, no, I feel. Well, like- I, I would love for. I would love for them to uh, yeah. to pick their game up, but I know it's an afterthought for Jack, right? He yeah. does all these I, other things, and then when he has extra time, he goes out in the garage and works on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, like Twitter, and I see this when I poke around, um, just looking 4, at 4,600 employees, stuff like that. Oh, oh, cool. That's I was trying to so find small that. For That's a, yeah. that actually well, remember, too, because we did I the expected. story. I'm sorry I interrupted you. On, oh, no, you're fine. But, but when we did the story about them giving away the keys to the kingdom to the social engineering hackers, it came out that over 20% of the employees had, you know, the, the keys to the kingdom, which was over, it was like 1100 employees out of the 4,600 that they have. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a, uh, just makes my skin crawl. That's crazy. But, um, what I was getting at was I think Twitter's, Twitter's a funny place. Um, especially for uh, folks like us, I think, right. Because I see a lot of Twitter hate, uh, in places like Reddit and stuff, very akin to the the sort of dislike sentiment or just negative sentiment that people have towards Facebook, which is it ends up being just sort of filled with drivel and sort of awfulness, right? And I don't experience Twitter that way at all. And I think it's because Twitter for me, and I'm pretty sure this is true for you guys too, is or was primarily business-centric. Not that I don't have friends on yeah. there or haven't made friends on Twitter, um, but it's a it's a little bit of a microcosm, a borderline you know, echo chamber in the sense that everyone I interact with on Twitter is pretty much in the tech industry with almost no exceptions. So like kids I grew up with, nope, not in the Twitter circle. My family, nope, not in my Twitter sphere, right? So my experience on Twitter is generally positive, and I would think, okay, good, new features would be valuable. Except that to I'm me. both of those. So I, I realize, yes, I, I'm, I'm not not exclusively. <laughs> I mean, my brother is technically kidding. on Twitter. I'm just kidding. Just Get your point. I know. I'm no, just no, no, no. Sorry, it's it's a good point, but you you represent a hundred percent of the people in those groups for me. So, sure. um, it. But my my point is, I don't know what the general Twitter population actually wants or does with this platform. But if it's anything like Facebook and what happens in those sort of uh, real world <laughs> social groups yeah. that turns into those those messaging boards that I think everyone hates, like I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm also not surprised yeah. that they're not listening to me because I don't think we represent the millions and millions of Twitter users. I think we represent no. a small professional contingent. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a social group, and it is what you make of it too, right? Yep. You know, it's it's just True. like any other social media platform. But the thing that I've different. started using it more for that's not, you know, just just for the IT tech related stuff is like the reactions in the moment, right? So 
the Cowboys yesterday starting their Super Bowl run, for instance. It's yes. Like, you know, what was going on in that moment? We didn't boys. The world saw it start, and we <laughs> dim boys. You know, so it's like, I like looking at stuff like that. That that was definitely something that was ancillary to why I started using the platform, but absolutely is a, a specific We're three and nine that. going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're going. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Okay, let's wrap it up. I think we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> Shut her down. Oh, it is that time. Yep. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This was fun, as always, even though it's a Monday and it feels like a Monday and I don't like this Monday. I'm glad we had the chance to talk. If we missed any news that you guys think we should be double clicking on, or if you'd like to come join us on the show, please let us know. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you on Wednesday. Have a great Monday, y'all. Sorry, we're three and seven, not three and nine. The nine came from the fact that we were two and seven. We had two wins out of nine games. <laughs> there you go. And we have three wins out of ten games. Okay, the that's show's it. Over. The show's over. Bye. Later. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to correct myself. <laughs>